0: Welcome to another episode of the Voice for Choice podcast. I am your host as always, Kevin Curran, and joining me today to examine India's important perspective not only on China, but on Indo-Pacific issues more generally, as well as the EU's place, interactively in that region, is Dr. Jagannath Panta, who helms the newly established Center for South Asian and Indo-Pacific Affairs, which is housed under Institute for Security and Development Policy in Stockholm, Sweden. Pleasure to have you here, Dr. Panda. Lovely to talk to you. So to begin, obviously, we're in the uh, Central and Eastern European region that has eyes on Ukraine, first and foremost, with relation to China, that's set on the no limits partnership that China talks about with Russia. Could you give us kind of the idea of what the position is in India on the China-Russia partnership and the position India is taking, which is a little bit different than obviously countries in our region?
1: I think uh, the Ukraine crisis is a delicate one for many countries uh, around the world, including in India. And I think India is watching the Ukraine crisis very closely. I think more than the Ukraine crisis, it is the political dynamics in the regions that is really, you know, uh, has uh, made India to become very careful and caught the Indian foreign policy in a strategic dilemma to some extent. Uh, One dilemma is to be with the Ukrainians and with the uh, humanitarian crisis that has arrived in Ukraine. And support uh, the Ukrainian people, and uh, discard the violent and the war activities that is propelled by the Russians. On the other hand, India is facing the dilemma to uh, not to go against too much against Russia and Russia's, um, you know, uh, barbaric military activities in the regions, uh, primarily because uh, Russia is a um, old partner, a, a historical partner for India, a key defence ally. Um, so I think uh, this has created a dilemma in Indian foreign policy, um, uh, what to um, say and how to react to the situation. But I think uh, that is uh, the dilemma many countries in the world uh, they face, particularly when they have a working relations with Russia in the Eurasian regions. But um, I think to India, what is more worrisome at this moment is the build up that is um, emerging uh, in the russia china tie-ups, and I think uh, the russia china uh, relations is emerging to be one of those um, pivotal relationship in the Eurasian regions, and it is influencing the geopolitics of the regions, and definitely this is not a good thing for, for the Indo-Pacific and for the rules-based order. And I think uh, to that extent, India is really worried about the chemistry that is emerging between Russia and China in the regions. But at the same time, India knows that it has to carefully maneuver between Russia and China, because India is linked with Russia and China in the BRICS formulations, in the BRICS multilateral forums, uh, in the RIC, Russia, India, China, trilateral, which is a foreign minister level trilateral forums, and also in the uh, AIIB in the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, including the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, SEO. So I think India has to delicately maneuver between Russia and China, but uh, definitely the kind of chemistry is visible between Russia and China on the Ukraine crisis and to build a credible alliance in the Eurasian regions to pressurize the uh, like-minded countries in the in the Indo-Pacific, including to create a pressure zone in the European regions that is definitely not in the interest of indian foreign policy or in the india strategic interest
0: yeah but with the BRICS arrangement and also the sanctions as well as india's abstentions within the united nations does that threaten to kind of uh, imbalance, the balancing act that India is also playing between East and West in the sense that uh, its lack of joining with uh, Western partners, that, like such as the EU, that's obviously putting so much focus on the Russia-China angle, threatens their relationships in broader Indo-Pacific games with both the EU and the US, for example.
1: I think here we have to understand India's uh, interest, uh, security and geopolitical interest. Um, yes, definitely India's abstinence from the UN voting is definitely not a conducive um, development uh, for the regions and uh, definitely this is noted very highly across the world and probably there are reasons to raise uh, you know um, doubts about India's standing and position but I think every country's foreign policy has to cater into the geopolitical um, criteria into its consideration and India is no different to that extent. Here. I think India's abstinence from UN voting is a tactical move to some extent, not to really um, antagonize the Russians, which has been a critical defence and multilateral partner. At the same time, India has been very vocal and uh, critical about Russia's military action plan in the regions, um, and uh, that should be taken. Uh, with a, a care of note, and I think uh, to that extent, U.S. understand, and many Western countries do understand, given the traditional relationship that India enjoys with Russia. Of course, when it comes to West versus Russia, India is more with the West. Uh, India is more, more with the U.S., more with the European Union today, um, than with the Russia. But uh, there are critical sectors where India has to really maintain a stable relationship with Russia be it in the defense um, military procurement or the defense partnership, or be it the uh, US and geopolitics where uh, ROSA is a critical multilateral partner. So keeping all of this in mind, India has taken a tactical move to stay abstinence from the uh, UN voting, because we know that there have been um, uh, instances uh, previously where India have been caught in the similar instances where Rossa where has been quite supportive to India's position in the UN. So I think um, uh, keeping those issues in mind, India decided to abstence from the UN voting, but uh, that doesn't imply that uh, India has not been critical to the Russian position. India is quite critical and uh, given the current government in Delhi and uh, Putin, I think there is a good chemistry between Prime Minister Modi and uh, President Putin and Russia, and I think India is very careful not to damage that personal chemistry between uh, Modi and Putin, and that's why India decided to abstain from the UN voting.
0: You know, in the EU, we often talk about kind of schizophrenic positions with regard to China and it being both a partner and a rival. Uh, I wonder if the partnership between Russia and China, if it does escalate to military, Uh, how would that impact the relationship given that India's been having significant skirmishes along the border in Ladakh, for example, with China?
1: I think one thing we need to uh, clearly understand understand about Indian foreign policy is that um, Delhi's foreign policy has never uh, been supportive towards alliance building exercises. Uh, In fact, India has always been uh, keeping a distance from alliance building exercises, alliance-based politics, while India has welcomed alignment-based politics. That means India does uh, draw a difference between you know, alliance and alignment mode of politics. The kind of chemistry India shares with Russia and with China in the multilateral forums, that's for the um, India's national interest. That is interest-based, and that is alignment-based politics based on the geoeconomic considerations. Um, but that doesn't imply that India endorses a kind of alliance politics that is there between uh, Russia uh, and China or between uh, U.S. and its um, Indo-partners like uh, Japan um, or South Korea or, Jap- or U.S. and Australia. And I think India has always maintained a distance from alliance politics. So to that effect, I think uh, uh, India would like to have a very cordial relations with um, both Russia and china in the u.s and regions but the other thing the second point here needs to be noted is that uh you know uh, the geopolitics of the region is so complex india does not really want to also uh you know keep a distance in everything and i think uh, uh india does wants to have a say. and while saying that india would definitely like not to see um us uh, china a military alliance um, evolving and posing a security threat to India's interest. And therefore, India has been building its uh, tie-ups, its relationship with the Quad countries and with the Indo-Pacific countries. And this is what, uh, um, you know, Quad is all about today from India's perspective. And this is what the Indo-Pacific uh, configuration is all about from India's point of view. And therefore, India uh, you know, a kind of a... Uh, China-ROSA military balance or military alliance politics is not in India's interest. And India would never like to see that because that will pose a greater challenge to India's neighborhood politics, particularly India's Himalayan um, uh, politics. But we know for a fact that uh, when it comes to China-India boundary dispute, ROSA has been quite uh, neutral to some extent. And in fact, ROSA's role will be critical. It has been critical. Uh, in fact, Russia has time to, time and again, try to diffuse the tensions between China and India, and try to have a more tripartite cooperative framework at the multilateral ventures, um, which is uh, between Russia, China, and India, at the foreign minister level. And uh, so, Russia would never like to see India going away from these formulations. But from India's point of view, India would never like to see a Russia-China military alliance building up. Because that is not clearly in India's uh, national interest. And India would not like to see also China becoming militarily too strong. And I think to that effect, India would also continue to maintain its uh, defense and security tie-ups with Russia, which is a critical variable to create a division between uh, Russia and China. Because we know for a fact that there are multilateral Organisations like Shanghai Cooperation organizations uh, where Russia and India are mostly supportive towards each other, so India does enjoy Russia support when it comes to multilateral chemistry, multilateral forums, and that would uh, probably will will be continued to prevail. And uh, uh, India would be very careful that uh, a Russia-China. Uh, military alliance should not uh, be promoted at uh, or encouraged at any point and to that effect india would be very careful in maintaining a delicate balance of relationship uh, both with uh, russia and with the us
0: certainly but but i guess kind of more specifically i'm curious about how that might be augmented this you know historical non-alignment that india has had for decades when it is part of organizations like the quad for example that you know, obviously, have a uh, action to play in countering China's influence in in, in the Indo-Pacific generally. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. If that, if India might be pulled into kind of alignment, whether it likes it or not.
1: I think uh, what we need to, to take a note of the fact that um, India's foreign policy is evolving uh, from time to time, and what we have seen traditionally in mean, non-alignment uh, foreign policy. To a much more alignment based politics where India has uh, adhered to strategic autonomy in its foreign policy. So, strategic autonomy is something where India puts its national interest at the forefront. And would like to engage with militarily, economically or politically wherever it is possible to cater its own or to protect its own national interest. And this is what every country would like to do. And India is no different to that effect. And I think uh, India's foreign policy is becoming more autonomous in some sense. But while uh, that strategic autonomy is to maintain a kind of a more um, equicordial relationship with all the countries in the regions including Russia, and also to some extent including china even though the relationship with china has been very tensed over the last uh, uh, few years particularly last couple of years but still india uh, would try to maintain a carefully cordial relationship with most of the powers in the Uh, in the the global politics today, including in the Indo-Pacific regions, adhering to the strategic autonomy. But within that strategic autonomy principle in Indian foreign policy, which has evolved from, you know, non-alignment to alignment-based politics to strategic autonomy, today what we see in Indian foreign policy is a kind of pointed alignment strategy. Pointed alignment strategy is to figure out those countries which are critical to India's national security interest and have a more um, alliance-based, agreement-based, or a kind of a more issue-based, agreement-based uh, uh, alliance mode of alignment politics, where, for example, with the US, with Japan, with Australia, we have a quad kind of alignment framework, which is just like an alliance framework in the Indo-Pacific. We have, with uh, Australia and Japan, we have, some, uh, we, we have supply chain resilience, Uh, network coming up uh, for the last one and a half years, and there is a tripartite formulation is evolving. Uh, This is a very much alignment framework, but it adheres to the alliance politics that the Indo-Pacific regions today welcomes about. So India's foreign policy has become much more pointed alignment, a pointed kind of alignment where issue becomes more important than the country. Um, and when it comes to russia similarly there are critical issues like defense engagement with russia multilateral engagement with russia which are which are you know very favorable favorable to india's national security interest so therefore india would be very careful not to spoil the relationship with russia um, and uh, because india needs a gateway to eurasian politics and russia is a critical balancer when it comes to China uh, China's uh, security uh, China's national security concern China's national security threat so therefore keeping all of this things in mind Indian foreign policy has evolved and within that uh, you know uh, evolvement in Indian foreign policy today what we see a kind of pointed alignment strategy that means India is looking at every issues carefully and within that every issues, Uh, it needs to really take into account what are these issues that brings it uh, adequate strategic benefits and accordingly India position itself. So here is a case of uh, Ukraine and Russia war um, which is not in India's interest, which is not in the region's interest. But again, if we try to understand India's position, uh, India does not really want to be caught in the middle just by you know uh, saying and opposing or expressing its own views about the crisis. I think um, there are issues which needs to be understood from India's point of view. India has been very critical to Russia's position, but at the same time, India cannot really allow its relationship to get damaged for the ukraine crisis with Russia.
0: well i'm glad that you brought up all of these strategic interests because the eu obviously has strategic interests in the region as well with india as a key partner uh you know the latest indo-pacific strategy document talks about climate change technology healthcare cooperation with india as a major linchpin to this overall strategy um, i wonder how the eu's could Uh, be a credible actor in the region with India as a partner and if it adds to or competes with India's overall uh, uh, look east and act east strategy with ASEAN countries when the EU is adding its influence in the general vicinity of India's neighborhood?
1: I think EU is a critical region for India's foreign policy. In today's context, particularly, uh, if we take into consideration the last... uh, few years development particularly three to four years development i think there is a lot of um good things that has happened uh between india and you and there is a huge momentum has been built in the eu india partnership particularly when it comes to comes to digital partnership digital connectivity sustainable partnership um economic partnership and so on and so forth so i think uh Uh, To that effect, EU is a critical region for India and India would like to, you know, not allow the Ukraine and Russia crisis uh, or the Ukraine and Russia war to get affected and spoil India's relationship with the EU. Uh, EU is a, um, you know, geopolitical, multilateral landmass for India and India would like to improve its own standing and position in the EU. And to that effect, keeping India's economic uh, interest in the regions India would not really like to mix uh, India EU partnership with the uh, Ukraine crisis but while saying that I think India does understand that the Ukraine crisis is an emotional issue for the broader European community and uh, India would uh, like uh, you know would not really like to hurt or uh, you know the do something which would be against the uh, broader European interest and we could see that uh, the broader European community today is united on the Ukraine crisis, and India does respect that. In fact, keeping the Russia's barbaric military attack, India has uh, been quite critical vocally about Russian uh, military attack and has said that the sovereignty of other countries should be respected. Uh, so, So India does value the broader European emotions, and uh, does conscience the value-based politics that is there between India and EU, and India would like to take advantage of the India-EU partnership in times to come. So therefore, I think um, uh, European Union region is a um, uh, critical geopolitical regions for Indian foreign policy, and India would like to uh, take advantage uh, um, um, as, as being one of the critical economy from, from the Asian regions, and being from a uh, being one of those successful democracies in Asia, trying to strengthen a value-based, a democratic uh, alignment with uh, with European Union. And I think uh, uh, today what we are seeing, given Japan's good connections with the European Union, India's good connection with European Union, India would definitely like to see a broader um, non-US-based, non-Chinese-based, non-Russian-based politics emerging where EU, India, Japan um, uh, can come together and talk about a more of a alternative mode of politics. And I think uh, India would welcome that. And already there have been a lot of momentum about that. For example, we have today uh, India, Japan, uh, Italy, Trilateral, uh, and there are forums um, which is being uh, talked about, India, EU, Japan on critical energy sectors, Uh, Particularly uh, when it comes to Sweden, India, Japan, there have been some momentum to discuss about, you know, about the uh, energy and the sustainable issues. So there are critical areas where European countries, mainstream European countries or EU as a pan multilateral umbrella framework. Uh, is coming to cooperate with India and uh, with like-minded countries in Asia, including Japan, and that should be respected. So India is very mindful about the importance of EU in its foreign policy, not only in the bilateral context, but also in the regional and global context. And I think uh, keeping those issues in mind, India would like to um, you know, strengthen its partnership EU in a number of areas and would like to make India EU partnership emerging as a comprehensive partnership in times to come.
0: And just finally, you know, you talked about uh, a lot of these shifts that are taking place, uh, a lot of them relying upon technology. The biggest uh, pain point potentially for technological slowdowns would be Taiwan uh, being the center of semiconductor manufacturing and, you know, just generally speaking, a, a political powder keg, let's say. Uh, I'm curious about what India's stance is on Taiwan and if uh, that would be significantly augmented in terms of India sitting on the fence and Balancing the, its relations with China in a event of something uh, major happening in the Taiwan Strait.
1: I think Taiwan is a critical actor in the Indo-Pacific regions, and we do not really um, overlook this fact. And particularly in Indian foreign policy, um, Taiwan figures uh, much highly than uh, what um, what is really uh, in uh, what is really visible in 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 public domain, actually. Uh, so to that effect, I think uh, uh, India is very, um, um, uh, very careful uh, with regard to the Taiwan issue in terms of considering it as a critical Indo-Pacific partner in today's context, while at the same time not really uh, triggering the China button and annoy the Chinese. Uh, so therefore, India does adhere to the uh, One China One China policy and does acknowledge that. Uh, you know uh taiwan is a part of that uh, greater china process but again um we have seen that in in the uh, indian foreign policy in the official statements in the official position papers india has not really mentioned about one china policy for a long time and that is for technical reasons um, because india does wants to um, pass a strong signal to china that as long as India is seen as a united India, and uh, do, uh, as long as China really respects India's sovereignty, um, India uh, equally will value China's sovereignty, and therefore would uh, really adhere to the one-China policy. But uh, that doesn't really give a guarantee that uh, you know India always will acknowledge that Taiwan uh, is not an independent entity. In fact, India does see Taiwan as an independent island, independent uh, entity. Uh, It might be politically a part of China, but not uh, geographically. And I think uh, that is the distinction India makes in its foreign policy today when it comes to Taiwan in Indo-Pacific. But there are greater issues um, uh, to cooperate with Taiwan in Indo-Pacific. Taiwan can become a, a closer partner, associated partner countries, uh, to strike a dialogue with uh, uh, quad countries, particularly how to preserve the rules-based order and how to preserve the security climate in Indo-Pacific, then India does see Taiwan uh, also as an economic partner, as a prominent economic partner in terms of uh, you know enhancing human resource development corporations, in terms of semiconductor, in terms of science and technology, in terms of educational exchanges. So Taiwan is a critical... Um, island um, um, uh, entity in the Indo-Pacific regions and India would like to improve and strengthen its partnership uh, with uh, with Taiwan, but uh, probably not uh, taking an extreme step at this moment. Uh, so India's red line is that as long as China really respects India's sovereignty on Arunachal Pradesh, on many of the India's um, uh, bordering regions, that China claims its own Uh, India would also equally respect um, um, uh, the Taiwan sentiments and would also like to take a call on the Taiwan issue at an appropriate time. But uh, again, I think the red line is that as long as China really respects India's sovereignty, India would like to uh, do the same and uh, respect China's sovereignty without really touching upon the Taiwan issue. But again, we know for a fact that's the foreign policy card many countries uh, in the world politics today play. Uh, And India is no different, probably, on the Taiwan issue. And Taiwan is a critical partner for India in the Indo-Pacific regions at a a larger context.
0: Is that also in the event of an invasion? Is that a prospect that India is concerned about? Or is it just basically the policy is hope that the status quo is maintained?
1: I think uh, it's been a pattern for the Chinese to trigger a conflict with India and to keep India busy on the boundary dispute. And I think with each of these Uh, conflict, the Chinese are coming out with new claims. So one is not really surprised. If we see from India's point of view, uh, we have been getting used to this kind of Chinese transgression or Chinese incursion in the bordering regions. Uh, It has uh, been a pattern for the last 10 years. Every second year we are witnessing a kind of large scale uh, incident happening. So I think uh, this kind of incident will continue to happen. Um, We had Chumar incident in 2014 we had uh, uh, 2017 we had doklam incident uh, in 2019 we had uh, galwan incident 19 and 20 so i think uh that kind of crisis will continue to happen because the Chinese wants to test India's military preparedness, India's diplomatic uh, response to the entire crisis, and they would like to stay, you know, engage India in the border conflict to pressurize India from a different uh, point of view and try to corner India on the boundary negotiation process. And also, every with every incident, the Chinese are coming out with new claims uh, to um, strengthen their negotiating uh, claims with India on the boundary dispute. But I think uh, India is not really surprised. In fact, a lot of initiatives, military and strategic initiatives are taking at this moment uh, by India on the bordering regions. China-India relations is on the verge of uh, crisis and this crisis will continue for some time
0: you know, as I said, beginning this conversation with talk of Ukraine, the world is certainly beset with a number of crises at the moment. Hopefully, the India-China issue can be put off for some time. Certainly, that would be catastrophic for all parties involved. But I do appreciate your sober view on uh, everything that's going on, as well as the Indian perspective that perhaps is not illuminated often in our region. Thank you very much, Dr. Pondo.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. For more on this pivotal region's
0: engagement with China, please do visit the CHOICE website at ChinaObservers.eu. Also, consider subscribing to our newsletter, where all of the prescient posts on the CHOICE platform are distilled down sent directly to your inbox every month you can also find us on facebook and twitter on twitter at china observers and on facebook at china observers and central and eastern europe and as always remember to make the right choice and join us for our next voice for choice podcast